Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision, so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. You can't fight spiritual warfare with religious activity. But for us in this room, there is a lot of pain and wounds that have come from within the church. Where you have been um, in another church somewhere and, and you've been wounded. And it hurts. And it has taken a lot of of effort for you to even come in here, which is why I'm so grateful for so many of you to have that courage, to have that strength, um, to get over the anxiety to come. And there are so many people out here who love Jesus outside these walls who love Jesus, but they've been wounded by the church. They've been wounded by religious activity and they're hesitant to come in. This guy had felt that pain. Not only has he felt pain from others, not only had he felt pain from, from being alone, he had, the, he had the pain from himself, self-sabotage. Like it says, he was, he was walking around and he was howling, crying out, but he was also cutting himself. Some of us may have, have struggled with that, with wanting to inflict self-pain. Some of us, we can't even identify with that, but it's a very real thing. It's a very real thing. Um, I work with teenagers a lot in, 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 I, I, in, in, in November. I'm going to go teach in the high school for, for the health classes, and I get to speak on suicide and depression. And I've been doing that uh, once a semester for the past 10 years in, in, the, in the health class. And I will ask the question in every single class, how many of you know or have known a cutter to the teenagers? How many of you, raise your hand if you know or have known a cutter? You want to know the percentage of people who raise their hand? It is like 95, 98, if not 100% in almost every class. There's a few that don't. It's legit. It's real. And even if I don't, see, for me, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand that. Why would you ever cut yourself? But it doesn't matter what I understand and what I don't understand. It is reality for this person. And because I love them and care for them, I'm going to try to put myself in their position to try to love them, try to understand what is going on because they're hurting. But for you and I, we maybe say, well, I don't cut myself. So again, I don't relate. But this man was out of control. They could not contain him. So you can't tell me that there are not areas in your life where you are out of control in your spending, in your eating, in your sexuality, in your online usage. Like I could just I I, I could go on and on and on and how we how we're addicted to 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 political news networks and TV, how we uh, uh, we can't make it through in a stressful moment without having to go home and have a drink to make it through like we are out of control. And if I, I would go through and try to knock out the spirit of the Pharisee in every single one of us to, to get to the root issue of where you are out of control. And once I got done with the stuff that you can see, we'd start working on the things that you can't see where we're out of control in our gossip. Like we just have to talk like it's in there. It's juicy and you have to tell. Or we're out of control in how we judge other people. Or we are out of control in how we compare ourselves to others. We see what they have. We see how many likes they have. We see how many followers they have. Like we just, we can't stop comparing. We want, we want, we want. And we get out of control. And it wounds us. And it wounds others. 
And some of us, we deal with that pain because we've inflicted some self-sabotage in our own lives as well. And if that weren't enough, if that weren't enough, pain from other people, pain from being alone, pain from self-sabotage, this guy's got many demons inside of him. Satan's on this guy. Question I want to ask today, question I want you to, to, to think about today is why? Why so much pain on this one man? And as you identify, as you go to some dark places where you're like, ah, I don't want to talk about this, maybe I've already dealt with it, but you're dealing with some wounds in your life. Maybe there's something right now that has been hitting you, or maybe there's something that's a scar that's been there for 30, 40 years, and it's still a fresh wound in your life. Why, why was I wounded? Why am I dealing with this hurt? This is not a fun topic, and I want you to see, I hope you see today, that through this man's story, the, the, like the last one picked on, the, on the, uh, the team to be on Jesus' team, this guy, <laughs> scary dude, running around, naked streaker, yet Jesus goes to this man. I hope you see, I hope God speaks to you today, that his spirit is here speaking, that you see there's a lot of hope, and there's healing, and there's purpose, and there's grace to be found today. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Because I, th- I, I, I want to unpack as to why. It says, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, the man saw him, ran to meet him, bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. I heard of a Sunday school teacher once telling his Sunday school class, hey, I, I wish everybody would... Um, would buy into demon theology. You're like, what? Am I in the wrong Sunday school class here? What's, what's going on? He said, no, no, no. He got like a little smirk on his face. Whenever a demon met Jesus in Scripture, when you read it, they always got it right. So I'm going to teach you some things about demon theology. First one is they know who Jesus is. They know exactly who Jesus is. The guy that everybody was afraid of. The person that no one could contain. That person saw Jesus coming and he was scared of Jesus. Like we have a picture in our mind that it's like this boxing match between Jesus and Satan, spiritual warfare, and they're duking it out. No, this isn't even a fight. There's one person in control from beginning to end, and it is Jesus. Like there's there's no fight here. This guy's bowing low. He's running to Jesus as soon as he sees him, and he's bowing low. They know. They know who Jesus is, which is why, which is why I say this a lot. It is important for you to name your hurt. Who hurt you? What is causing your pain? If you can name it, If you can name it, then I know a name above all other names that is more powerful than whatever you have gone through. That is more powerful than your trial, more powerful than your storm, more powerful than anything that is going on in your life. If you can name it, there's a name above that name 
that you can point to where there's hope and there's healing to be found. They know who Jesus is. And, and Scripture says that it is by Jesus' wounds, it is by His wounds, His wounds, that we are healed. Help had showed up this day. I'm praying that help has showed up today for you. This man was under pain, under affliction, under abuse, and grace showed up that day for this man. Second thing they knew, they knew this man was valuable. They knew if Jesus was showing up for this man, he must be valuable to Jesus. It says, so they arrived from the other side of the lake. That's how the, the, the story starts. But actually, I started in the wrong spot, and I apologize. Because, see, the Bible, we get our chapters and verses. We get those um, much later. Like Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, he didn't write them with chapters and verses. He just wrote it. This story actually begins um, in Mark chapter 4. And it's, it's something that you've probably heard if you've grown up in church. It's about Jesus calming the storm. That text preaches itself, but it's actually part of this story. Starting in verse 35, it says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Jesus had been doing ministry on the west side of the lake, in, near Capernaum, Jewish territory. Capernaum is, is a place where Jesus did a lot of things. Capernaum stands for city of comfort. He says, let's go to the other side of the lake. Now, these guys were fishermen. These guys were in, in the boats, but they weren't used to traversing about this uh, six to eight mile journey across the lake because the other side of the lake, the land of the Gerasians, where this guy was, was not Jewish territory. They're going to encounter some pigs. You don't do pigs in, in, in the Jewish territory. This was Gentile country. And Jesus says, let's go to the other side of the lake. Guess what? He didn't tell them why. He didn't tell them why they were going. He just told them what? Can you obey God? Can you obey Jesus without a why? I know we're asking the question why, but a lot of times he just says what? And they go, let's leave comfort. Let's leave the city of comfort. Let's go advance the mission. Let's go advance the mission because we're going, to, we're going into Gentile territory here. We're going out of what is your normal, and we're going to go to the other side of the lake. Now, why is this, again, why do they know this man is valuable? Watch what happens. As soon as they, as soon as they step in that boat and start making their way towards this man, watch what happens. So they took Jesus in the boat. They started out leaving the crowds behind. Jesus leaves the 99 for the one. All the other boats followed. But soon, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking in the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was asleep. Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Now, a lot of times we'll use this text and we'll say, well, Jesus wasn't worried. You know, he wasn't stressed out. No, he was tired. If you read the Mark chapter 4, he was preaching all day long to a large group of people. Dude was tired, okay? The disciples woke him up. Again, these are guys that are trained fishermen. They know how to work a boat, but they, they're, they're done. They're like, their hope's gone. And he says, teacher, don't you care about that we're going to drown? Okay, and I just want to say this. I want to give you permission. If you're in a spot right now where you're like, God, don't you care? You're going through some stuff. You're going through a storm. And you're like, God, don't you care what's going on? I don't want to slam you as your pastor and say, well, that's just terrible. No, you're human. You are human. 
He can, he can take that question. So Jesus, he woke up and he rebuked. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Amazing, because I can't even, I, I try to do that with my kids. Silence, be still, I can't. I'm, they're still running around. And here Jesus says that to the, to the wind and the waves. <sighs> Calm. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? I don't, I don't know if he was rebuking them. I kind of see it more as kind of like a smirk. Why are, you so, why, are you, why are you so afraid, guys? Did you have any faith? Come on. Disciples were terrified. We would be too. Who is this man? They asked each other. And, and, and that's the most important question all of us have to ask. And even the winds and the waves obey him. Listen, we're about taking next steps here. Nobody here is perfect. We all have a next step to take. But if you're going to start submitting to Jesus' kingdom and following him, you better believe as soon as you start crossing over to the other side to advance his mission and not yours, expect conflict. As soon as you take a step towards advancing his mission, expect conflict. What happened here? A storm arose. Who started the storm? Climate change? I don't know. Was it Jim Cantore from the Weather Channel? No. He would be there to cover the storm. All I know is Jesus is going to advance the mission, and with this storm, as soon as he goes, it comes up. I don't think that's coincidence. And Jesus, it says, the scripture says that Jesus rebuked the storm. I think there's a spiritual element in here. I don't see Jesus rebuking things that aren't of evil nature. Can Satan control weather? It says in Job that he can. In the book of Job, he, he controlled some weather to destroy his life. It doesn't say that all storms are from, from Satan, but they can be. I don't know how to tell, but in this case, Jesus rebuked it. As soon as he stepped foot to sail towards, conflict came. There must be something valuable about this man. Jesus was on his way to this man, and storms arose. There must be something valuable. When, when they get there, when they get there and they meet this man in verse 10, it says the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to a distant place. Jesus, we know we got to vacate this man, but we got this area on lockdown. We like it here. Don't send us far away. Listen, don't expect, don't expect if you've been serving your kingdom for the past 30 years, and then now you're going to start serving his kingdom and taking steps in his kingdom, don't expect to, the, the devil to not want to give up any ground. Like if we're going to reach Los Alamos, and we got to understand how important Los Alamos is to this world. It's, it is a unique environment. We always, if, if you reach Los Alamos, means you reach the lab, which means we reach the world. Because the lab has people coming here from all over the world. And what? They come here for a few years, get plugged in, and then what? They go all over the world. This is a unique place, a unique territory. You think if we start living out our faith 
and taking steps that Jesus is calling us to, you think Satan, who's had this town under wraps for quite some time, is going to give up any ground without a fight? Expect conflict, but no, no, it's a sign if you've been wounded that it's a sign of your value. See, the demons know that you're valuable to Jesus and the, the enemy will not attack something that he's not threatened by. So if you've been attacked lately, you've been wondering why it's been extremely hard and you're wondering what is going on. There, I want to tell you today, in the name of Jesus, there must be something to your life. You are positioned in such a place. You are must serve such a purpose in God's kingdom that the enemy is coming at you because you are so valuable and so important to his mission that he's trying to knock you down and keep you down. The enemy's goal, and John 10.10 10 says, the enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm here to tell you, if you've been wounded, if you've been wounded, in the hands of Jesus, something greater is on the way. If there's a storm that you've been going through, something greater is going on the way. I always thought the storm meant something, that God was against me. No. In this case, the storm meant Jesus was on the way here. Look at Joseph. Joseph meets his brother in, in the book of Genesis, and it's like, hey, you guys tried to kill me. You meant it for evil. But God took those wounds and he turned it into good. I'm trying to tell you, something greater is on the way. You're wondering why. I'm going through the fiery furnace. I, I didn't ask for this. I was standing up for you, God. I'm going through this conflict. And no, 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 no. That was to display God's power to the man Nebuchadnezzar. That was all about seeing him through that. You're wondering why, hey, we've been going through, we were just delivered out of slavery, and now the chariots are racing after us. God, I don't want this. Why? We should just have gone back to Egypt. We would have been better. Now we're going to die. No, 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 no. In God's hands, when you place that into God's hands, I was, God was doing that to display his power to the nations. When they got through the storm, don't jump ship too soon. When they got through the storm, he said, we're going to the other side. <laughs> we got a mission to go to on this side. You make it through the storm, you're going to see Jesus for who he is more clearly. There's something important and valuable about this guy and the demons. They knew that. They knew that. The question I want to ask you today, because so many of us is, why, why? Why did I get wounded? Why did this hurt? Why did you allow this? And if you will allow God to speak to you, this is the question that he's placed on my heart to ask you today. Isn't why did this happen? But why did you survive what happened? If you're still here and you're still living, you got air in your lungs and you're breathing, I really believe there's something greater on the way in your life. Once you make it through, once you make it through, and he's with you. Now the people come. They say, hey, cast us, don't, don't make us go far away. The demons say this. And then there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding in the hillside nearby. Makes me think of barbecue. I'm getting hungry. Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. 
The evil spirits came out of the man and they entered the pigs and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down steep into the, the hillside, into the lake and drowned in the water. Now, this is a great day for Jesus. Like this is, did some awesome ministry, calmed a storm, casting out demons, good day for him. Great day for the disciples. I mean, they're seeing some pretty amazing stuff about Jesus. Awesome day for the naked streaker guy who was demon possessed living in, like awesome day. You know who this is not a good day for? Those pigs and the pig farmers, watch what they do. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and, and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. Listen, they don't have Facebook Live. They don't have Instagram story to say, like, they're running saying, we didn't do this one. Like, modern day money, uh, uh, scholars will say that this was anywhere from about a half million to two million dollars worth of, uh, to the local economy. And they're running around saying, no, I, we were in charge, but this wasn't us. Go, go, go. And so they ran, and they spread the word. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. The people rushed out to see what had happened. And a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. So they're explaining what they saw, what happened. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. They were angry. They were afraid. But their local economy just got majorly disrupted. And they got upset. And they asked Jesus to leave. Why? This man got healed. And they asked him to leave. Why? because the people, it's important, the people cared more about the pigs than they did this man. They put their priority in the stuff more than they did this man. And they sent Jesus away. Demon theology number three, they know what you value. They know what you value. Mentioned Job earlier. God and Satan are having this conversation in Job chapter 1. Read it. Job's like, or God's like, hey, you see my boy Job? He's an awesome dude. And Satan's like, yeah, he's awesome because you've given him everything. Take away the things that he values. Relationships, stuff, money, things. And he'll curse you to your face. They know what you value and they will attack what you value in hopes that you will blame God and send Jesus away. Church hurt. We've been hurt by the church. And we value relationships. Your most valuable thing you have is your relationship with Jesus. But he will use church wounds for you to say, God, if that's you, I want no part of that and you will push Jesus away because somebody offended you in the church. And Satan says, yeah, yeah. He wants, his, his, his goal is division, is separation. And mainly he will use anything he can to get you separated from Jesus. And here he used the pigs because he knew that's what they valued. Now Jesus gave them permission What's up with this? 
Spiritual warfare, people. Spiritual warfare. What, what he meant for evil, what, 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 what the enemy tries to attack and send you away from Jesus, Jesus at the same time means for good. Here's the thing. He's trying to show them, hey, look at me. I am everything that you need. You, you're putting your stock in this and you don't need it. The rich young ruler comes and says, Jesus, let me come follow you. What do I got to do to come follow you? And then Jesus says, ah, sell all your possessions and your stuff and then come follow me. That's a distraction. All of this stuff is a distraction and you're losing focus on who I am. Your most important thing is following me, not this stuff. Sell it and come follow me. And scripture says that that man went away sad. He walked away from Jesus because he had a lot of stuff. Jesus was removing the distraction in their life, allowing them to say, hey, we, you saw what happened here. This can happen for you. But in this case, they said, no, nope, we want no part of you. Leave. And so he does. He's not going to fight you on your own decisions. He's going to try to call you out. But if you, if you want to walk away from him, if you want to send Jesus away, okay. So it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus, Jesus, don't leave me with these people. <laughs> Get me out of here. Get me out of Los Alamos, Jesus. I know we were only supposed to come here for like a, a couple years, and here we are. We're still here. Get me out. I know this isn't the place you want me to be. Like, it's got to be somewhere else. Get me. Let me go. I, w- I want a new beginning. I want a new beginning. Give me, give me a fresh start. I got an escape plan and let's go. And Jesus says, no. Go home. Go to your family. See, a lot of us, we want an escape plan. We want to get out. Jesus says, no, I, and a lot of times, because we're going to leave here talking about our wounds, and we're going to walk out these doors, and guess what? Those wounds are still there. But when this man finds healing, he says, I'm not going to deliver you from it. I'm going to deliver it from you. You're staying. And there's a purpose. There's a purpose. Don't miss this. This is why all of this is to, to wrap this up here in, in, in what, what I feel like God is wanting me to say to you guys today. It says, what Jesus said, no, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. Tell them about my character. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he had told them. So many times we want a new beginning. We want a, new, we want a fresh start, but I'm here to tell you, it's not so much about a, a, a new beginning because your story, you've been in chapter four. Now we're in chapter five. But guess what? That's not the end of your story. It's not scrap it and write a, a new book. There's a new ending for you. And your wounds, he says, go tell them. Go tell them about everything I've done for you. If you will receive this Freedom Church this morning, if you will receive this word, his wounds was his anointing. His wounds, go tell them everything I have done for you. His wounds were now his calling. 
his mission was to go and tell other people about what God had done for him. Not to scrap all that and start over, but to say, no, 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 we're starting a new ending here. There's hope here. There's healing here. There's people around you that need to know what God has done in your life. And they're going to see the healing that you have. They're going to see the hope that you've had. They're going to see that you've walked through this and what you've gone through. And they're going to be amazed. It's tough to receive this because so much of it hurts so bad. And I don't know what your wounds are, but I know they are deep and I have mine as well. But if you will receive it today in the hands of Jesus, on the other side is something greater, your purpose and your mission. And there's other people who need to know and hear about what God has done in your life. His wounds, our pain, became his platform for him, his purpose. He went from maniac to missionary. The very first missionary in, to the Gentiles in Scripture was this man. He was valuable. He had purpose. There was a reason Jesus was going across the country to, or across the sea to this man. Yes, it was to heal him, but it was for something far, far greater. He had no seminary training. He had no evangelism training at all. It was just, and it's the same for you and I. You don't have to go through seminary. You just tell people about what God has done for you. He was the first. Some of you are going to be the first in your family. You might be the, the first to break a generational curse. There's been addictions that have gone through the line, and you're going to be the first. Some of you are going to be the first maybe to be a missionary in your family, maybe to be a pastor in your family. Some of you are going to be the... You know, to be spiritually mature, you don't have to... Your, your, your faith is not capped by the more spiritual brother or sister in your family or your parents in your family. You know, you could be more spiritually mature at a young age because you're willing to listen to Jesus and take your next steps and follow him. This was the least likely guy to be commissioned to go tell other people about Jesus. He just got, I mean, I think, hey, go get some therapy first and then go. No, 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 go. If you will receive it today, your wounds, they hurt. In God's hands, you can find healing. And on the other side, you can find purpose in your calling, in your mission. Only in his hands, not in mine. I'm too, too weak. With that, let's pray. Can we stand and let's pray? Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a, a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.